Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Untold Stories with Serena Ma. Today's conversation is a great one. It's about success after years of hardship and adversity and pursuing your dreams no matter what. It's also about representation in the media, in the world that surrounds us. It's also about the information we consume, an accurate picture of our community. Often in pop culture, we don't see lead characters who look like me or who look like my guest. However, we are seeing shifts in our pop culture and the representation and the images that we see. And my next guest is helping to shape that narrative with his artistry. I am excited to share the microphone with someone who has been offered a deal of a lifetime. He was hired by Marvel Comics to be an artist for Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices Number 1. Kyle Charles, say hello. Hello. Kyle grew up on the north side of Edmonton, living in poverty and struggling in school. He attended post-secondary before pursuing his passion to work in the comic book industry. His love and passion for drawing started at only three years old when he began drawing Spider-Man and the Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was only a few years ago that Kyle found himself living on the streets, drawing for comic books, but barely making a living. He is now his own boss and working on comic books that thousands are buying and reading and consuming. How does it feel? Uh, It's pretty exciting and um, very validating. No doubt. You know, when we first sat down, I said to you, so this, is this what you do? This is what, you're a comic book artist. This is what I do every day, day in, day out. And what a gift, right? To do what you love? Absolutely. I'm just very um, grateful to be in the position to get up and draw some comic books. And, you know, that's how I spend my days and nights. Wow. And I'm looking at, we're in Harbor Comics right now, uh, downtown, kind of downtown Edmonton, I guess. And I'm looking at uh, the cover of Marvel Voices, Indigenous Voices number one. So tell me, first of all, let's go back to the beginning. How did it happen? How did they get in touch with you? Yeah, it was just like, you know, at home kicking it, kind of taking some time off from the uh, the drawing table. And, you know, my phone pinged and I looked at it and just said uh, in the headline, draw uh, a Marvel story. And, you know, my heart started racing. I was like, what is this? You know, I immediately, like, the irrational thing in my mind went off saying, like, this is fake. Somebody's trying to mess with me. Right, you're getting punked. Yeah, right? (laughs) And so I opened it up and checked it out. And, uh, you know, after examining who sent it and, like, seeing, you know, Marvel's name attached and everything, I was like, this is real. This is actually real. And they're actually offering me a project. So um, it was a lot of, like, you know, fist pumping. and uh, (laughs) No doubt. You know. A little bit of like hollering in the celebration and joy. And, um, you know, I just immediately called my parents and told them, told them the news. And they were so happy for me because, you know, they know how long I've been doing this and how badly I've wanted to work at Marvel. So it was a really happy day. Hmm. How long have you been doing this? How long have you been drawing? It started when you were three, but yeah, when did so you think you could make a living? Doing uh, it? Well, like I just... Growing up as a kid, like, I just never wanted to be anything else. There was never, like, anything that ever pulled me in a direction of, like, oh, I want to be, um, you know, a police officer or a fireman or astronaut. You know, like, when kids really dream about the jobs they want, it was just always comics. It was always comic books. And, like, the only other thing that I would do is directing for feature films. But, like, it was always comic books. And the two, for me, like, those two are linked together anyways. But, um, yeah, you know, like, I just... I was doing it at a young age, three years old, just, you know, um, grew up in a house where it was kind of nice to be invisible. So I just kept my head down and, you know, stuck to the page and, 
just kind of kept at it. Like, you know, other people would draw around me and they would kind of stop and wouldn't care about it anymore. But I just found myself always drawing. I just, it was, it's where I'm most comfortable. You know, like when I was a teenager, you go to like a house party and like, I just put my headphones on and draw and I'd ignore everybody around me. And like, that's just my comfort, comfort zone, you know? That was your safe space. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to like go to post-secondary for it and, you know, work my way into comics and break in. And, you know, it was a struggle to get to this point, but everything was worth it. And, you know, I I honestly wouldn't change a thing. Like everything Hmm. taught me what I know now and And brought me here. So and some of those struggles is um, you learn the most from struggles. Right. So uh, can we talk a bit about um, the environment that you grew up in? We talked about you living in poverty and how you still pursued your dreams. Um, I, I assume that your story is uh, a way for other youth that may look at you and say, wow, I can do it, too. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, one of my favorite quotes is like from Dave Chappelle's dad saying that poverty is a state of mind. You know what I mean? Like if you accept it and you let that, you know, determine your life's path then you know, you're going to meet failure. And I guess I grew up, it was best to think about tomorrow because today was so hard. You know what I mean? So I'd always keep that thought in the future of like tomorrow, 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 tomorrow will be better. You know, like in one day I will be like happy in that in that place and uh you know through all those challenging times and like all the stuff that you know a lot of people in my community struggle with too um you know getting through that is like it feels like you're never going to get through it you know what i mean um but i had some positive people in my life and i had you know artwork and movies and music to help me get through whatever was on my back and you know, thankfully, like, I, you know, came out of it okay and went to post-secondary. And, you know, like my early 20s, I just bounced around. I was on the road. I, you know, I was a big fan of, like, Jack Kerouac and, like, beating that kind of lifestyle. So I just, I didn't care about anything. I wasn't drawing. I had no plans. I was just living, trying to survive. I was on, you know, the street. I would, you know, move from town to town. I'd break in the sheds to sleep at night. I'd, you know, sleep inside of a post office or a fast gas bathroom. Um, you know, break into places that were like, you know, vacant and use painters, plastic wrap as a blanket, you know what I mean? And like that thought of always like, it's going to be better someday. Like I'm going to get over this and get through this. And, uh, it, it, you know, it did help me. So like, uh, I just want people like, you know, in my position, like the kids who are facing that kind of struggle, like to know that like, you've got to fight your way out of it. You have to absolutely fight your way out of it, but you know, it it doesn't stay like that forever. Well, you know what strikes me from the story that you just shared is we think about tomorrow because today is not so great. I think you actually said today is so bad. Um, thank you so much for sharing that and that philosophy. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who can take comfort in the fact that you can push through, right? Can we talk about this comic I'm holding uh, in my hand? So it's Marble Voices, Indigenous, Indigenous, excuse me, Voices, number one. So how does it feel? Like, I'm holding it. This is your work. Like, what do you think of? And and they sold out pretty quick, huh? It was released in November. Yeah, so, like, the the entire book, like, I'm not sure... um, I'm pretty sure it like, sold really well. Um, that's what I hear from like different comic book uh, store owners. 
is that the book did fantastic in the numbers. But this particular one is a variant cover that I drew where I got to draw um, Wolverine. And, like, that's my number one Marvel guy. Me other, too. Other, yeah, me other, too. <laughs> other than maybe <laughs> Spider-Man, like, Wolverine's my number one. Right. So when they, when uh, Wonder Harbor here, they ordered this book. They had to order 3,000 copies of it in order to get the, um, like, if you, they have a program where if you order that many books, then you can pick whoever you want to draw the cover. Right. And so I told him, you're picking me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I you love know, that. There's no way that you're going to hire anyone else. I'm drawing that cover. And uh, so thankfully, like, you know, Vince here was a good sport and said, absolutely, sure. And so we, we, we expected the book to move. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely would sell, but we were blown away by the reaction. So within a week and a half, we sold out of all the books, all 3,000 copies. That's crazy. It's, it's absolutely, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. And the support of the people who came out for the signing, it was, like, really cold and it was snowing. And we had like 60 to 70 people lined up outside the store waiting for, you know, an hour or two to get a, a book and get it signed. And I just I couldn't thank the people of Edmonton more for coming out and showing that support because, you know, it's it's a huge thing for me, you know, Marvel. But, you know, like seeing everybody and talking to them saying like, way to go, you know, like someone from Edmonton made it to this level, got hired by Marvel because everyone loves Marvel now. The MCU right? is like dominating the whole world so mm -hmm. you know it's really special and significant so you're now. a big deal kyle yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, i mean you know in my own head maybe no uh, <laughs> well tell me about what inspired you like what's the inspiration that goes to the drawing that i'm looking at there's wolverine as you mentioned and a young lady to his side and she um is indigenous and they're staring into a pond and and what 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 was the inspiration behind this yeah so the uh, the inspiration is like uh, i wanted to do something different with wolverine because every cover that he's on he's got his paws claw or his uh, claws popped out or you know like his neck veins going and he's <laughs> you know about to go berserk yeah and i was just like i want a moment when like because wolverine is a complex character He's not, totally. he's not so one-noted. So I wanted to capture a moment where he's reflecting on his life, you know, and, um, you know, kneeling down to this pool and, like, you know, like sticking his hand in the waters and, like, just reminiscing about who he is. And uh, Silver Fox, um, you know, she's looking at, you know, the pond too. But if you can s tell, like, he's, he's more introspective and she's standing there very strong. She's got a strong um Yeah, she's, pose, she's you know? her posture is quite, like straight up yeah just you know like and he's crouching and kind of looking into I the feel pond like because it's silver fox knows who she is more than wolverine whereas wolverine you know he's got memory wipes and all that kind of stuff he doesn't know who he is as much as her so he's got to kind of touch the surface of the pond and um it, it, it literally is just a moment of reflection in this reflection pool right it's almost like a grounding pose as well right like you kind of he's he's touching the reflection and he's very pensive he's mm -hmm. thinking about um life i would imagine um now silver fox tell me about why it's important that indigenous element to you specifically why is that important uh like for the the overall book or just yeah. like in comics in general like uh just the overall book yeah. and wherever well, you want to take that question sure um you know it, it it's like you know we discussed a little bit before we started here it's just like representation is so important because of uh, the absence of it when you know we were growing up now it's starting to happen hopefully it keeps trending that way but of course like it, w it wouldn't I've, I've put out 
you know, seven years worth of books. And, you know, I've had multiple signings and interviews and blah, blah, blah. And it's never been a big deal. But this book is huge. This book is huge. And the communities um, that support it, you know, they want to see the, themselves in pop culture represented. And, you know, like you said, it's just like it gives them the inspiration to be like, well, if he can do it, I can do that too. And I absolutely agree because, like, you know, I'm nothing special. I can't, you know, I was born on the north side of Edmonton. Grew up poor, like you know what I mean. Like it struggled in school and blah blah blah. You know, it wasn't some, you know, I didn't just like land at Marvel and like you know, it was I was all good. I had all you know all my stuff together. It was it was a struggle still, but um, yeah, I just I think it's so important for my nieces and nephews to have that, and for you know, everyone like them to to see themselves in the, in these books and you know have a platform and be represented. It's, do you think, do you hear from your fans at all? And, and there must be people who follow you, but what are some youth saying to you? Absolutely. Like, uh, I just did two uh, Zoom events with, uh, I think it was like the Peace River Reconcilia- Reconciliation Community. Um, they had like a bunch of students join the Zoom and, you know, I just um, spoke to them about who I am, what I've done and like, you know, uh, drew a picture with them and just like got a Q&A and like had fantastic questions from these young kids like really thoughtful introspective questions about like you know well like um do you find peace in drawing certain things and just really blew my mind um but but yeah I you know talking to them and being able to you know do some outreach is really important to me I did that for years with Happy Harbor we used to go out to schools, you know, three or four times a week and spend eight hours a day teaching different classes about comic books and storytelling. And uh, I have absolutely, you know, been in touch with, you know, people from across Canada, you know, from, you know, Ontario all the way to B.C. And just like throwing support behind me, whether it's like a congrats or just like a, you know, I had one person tell me like, you know, like I'm really struggling right now. You know, I'm struggling with like certain things and. You know, like, how did you get through it or get over it? And I was just like, I'm still struggling with them. It's an everyday battle and issue. It, it, I, I don't, it doesn't really It stop, doesn't go you know? away. Yeah, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that you have to work on every single day. And that's great, though, because it, it keeps you present of mind and keeps you busy. And hopefully that will help them, you know, get over whatever the... Uh, the conflict is is that they're facing but yeah i've had tons of support from people it's been awesome that's great to hear now can i ask you a bit more about you talked about it earlier about how it was your safe space you'd be in a a party and you'd have your headphones on and drawing like how does it feel like what what is that like to create and do you go into your own little world and and do you emerge with a finished product or what's that like yeah, definitely. Um, when I was younger, uh, I would do more world building than I, I, ha- I have for the past seven years. Fortunately, now I'm like getting to draw my own graphic novel and write it, and I'm working with Nelvana Studios um, on working on like developing shows for them. Wow! So I, I get to now I get to dream again and just like really sit there and put things together. But when I was younger, yeah, like that's all I would do is just like I grew up as a young kid uh, drawing like that and just kind of keeping to myself and you know. Like, I wasn't a social butterfly, but, like, I would still hang out and talk with people. And, like, I'm easy to get along with. But, um, you know, for the most part, I'd rather be drawing in the margins of my, 
you know, binder and, you know, right. you know doing that kind of stuff. In the middle stuff. of class when you yeah. should be doing mathematics. Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that math. I was just like the worst at math. So right? Like, that's where the most drawing got done. But uh, yeah, when I, you know, was a teenager and I would go to like house parties in this uh, small town of Didsbury that I lived in for high school, um, you know, they'd throw these like ragers and whatever and there'd be a hundred kids just like you know stomping around and whatever and i would just kind of be like man this ain't really my scene so i just put my headphones in listen to some deftones and you know draw my comic book stuff while everybody else was having a good time and you know um usually they could draw people over and like they would want to check out what i was doing and then that's how i'd start talking with people and you know, doing that kind of stuff. It was but like an uh, icebreaker, too. Yeah, it's definitely like unintentional. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> like I don't honestly like if I go anywhere and I'm like drawing stuff, like I'm not rude and I would never tell somebody like please leave me alone. But like for the most part, like I'm not doing it to capture anyone's intention. You know, I'm doing it to actually be left alone and create really right right? yeah because that's what i want to be doing totally well i love to hear that um now in terms of when you uh were connected with marvel at the very beginning Mm -hmm. did were you able to come up with the concept or did they give you the concept how did that work yeah they just assigned me the uh the middle story of the book and um i was so happy when i found out that i was drawing danny moonstar and um you know who i'm a big fan of and like read new mutants when i was a kid and you know i, I buy the artist edition of it and the absolute edition of new mutants and just love the character and when you know because th- like they offered the job and i was like yes of course whatever it is yeah of course. you want me to draw a purple moon i'll do it <laughs> yeah, right right <laughs> and so then when they said it was danny i was like oh my goodness awesome so grateful to uh be put in that position and um yeah like they were just here's the script um is you know written by Darcy Little Badger. She wrote a wonderful script. It was very concise, clean. It's everything that you want out of a script. Some some writers kind of like go off on tangents and they try to make you draw impossibles, which is like on a two D you know um, platform of like you know so so does this and then they go do that. And it's like no, you have to have one image inside that little box. But, uh, but yeah, so it was you know really enjoyable, just straightforward, and you know did the comic book in ten days and you know it, it was just so like. <laughs> you build it up in your mind so much when you're like oh, Marvel. I don't know what I was expecting, like you know, some kind of like grand light to come through my window and really like <laughs> inspire me and like, oh my goodness. But when I got the job, and like I, my dad even said this too, and he's like, he's like, let me guess, after you got the news and you told us, you just went back to work, didn't you? He was like, that was, you know, there's no celebrating or anything like that. I was like, yeah. I, you know, it was like, oh, awesome. Yeah, you right, build that moment work. up in yeah. your head, right? You're like, wow, there's going to be like, you know, spotlights and yeah. fireworks. <laughs> and really, you just went back to work. Yeah. yeah it was <laughs> I love a, it. It was a quiet <laughs> afternoon after that. Whatever. But, uh, but yeah, drawing it was just so, you know, it was every time I do it, I'd be like a little bit giddy and like happy and really smiling during that um, period of work. But it was just another job. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it really is just another job. You're just translating somebody somebody's ideas into a visual narrative and giving it structure and form. And I mean, that's that's the gig. That's just it. Yeah. I could do it too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, so tell us a bit about the storyline for people who don't know the storyline. Can you just uh, sure. give us a, you know, Cole's note, so to speak? Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a story about a uh, indigenous young mutant who discovers his power after a um, a moment of violence that's you know um, thrust upon him and his family, and he protects them, and there's consequences for it. You know, and he's he's growing. It takes place in Arizona, and you know the local police are looking for him. 
so Danny and her uh, friend Ron, who are both, you know, from uh, New Mutants, they go there to help them. They go there to, like, you know, hey, we, you need help. We're here to help you. And so it was a great, um, great moment of, like, you know, identity, you know, like in helping somebody in that kind of struggle and, you know, that character knowing that, okay, there is somebody out there who wants to help me. You know what and I mean? who gets me? Exactly. So it was a really. It's only ten pages, but it's a really thoughtful story. I I loved the uh, the outcome of it. So yeah. And did you identify with it a little bit? Uh, honestly, like with the character, not really. And like somebody asked me this before, and like they really kept on pressing me, like you know, like no, you had to identify. I'm like, no, I didn't. Like this, this is a teenage kid. Like maybe if I was younger, I would. But like I'm a grown man, and like I don't have those same struggles. It, not to say that like I wouldn't you know when I was that age totally identify with it but right now no I don't but you know um I definitely like just took influence from um people in my life like the you know native women in my life and my little nephews and what they go through that that was more the influence than anything else for the character and the way they look um so you know it wasn't necessarily something that like I connected to you know what I mean yeah. but I un- totally understood but you had perspective with yeah. it and insight, right? Yeah. Um, now, what's next for you? That's the. Can you tell me what's next for you? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, you know, for the next two years, I'm going to be working on uh, this first look deal with Nelvana Studios, um, which is, you know, they've been around for 50 years, and like you know, all the cartoons I used to watch as a kid, they produced, and uh, so it was like really like mind blowing that they offered me that and. You know, pay me very well, which is awesome. I'm very secure and comfortable in my life. And uh, the other thing I'm working on is a graphic novel for Renegade Arts Entertainment here in Alberta. They're a publisher. And uh, I finally get to write, draw, color, take it from the start and all the way to the end. And, you know. So create from the very beginning. Yeah, fully realize my own ideas. Wow. And actually, that small town that I mentioned, it's kind of about that small town and, like, hmm. the things that I experienced when I was a young person there. Um and then, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I just finished a cover for DC Comics, which is pretty awesome. I can't say which book it is yet, but it'll be revealed pretty soon. It comes out in April, so they have to be dropping that cover soon. So Wow, that's um, exciting. Yeah, it's definitely, it's my favorite superhero of all time. Hmm. So You can't give us a hint? Uh, I can't give you a hint, but... It might I'm be sh- Spider-Man, yeah. maybe? If, if you look around right now, you'd, you'd see a few different books of his or statues or toys. I, I'm looking at a statue right now. Ah. <laughs> Point to me. I can't see where he's... <laughs> Black Panther? No. No? That's, that's Marvel. Oh, see, I don't know the difference. Okay, <laughs> Nash, just yell it out because I'm not a comic no, person. You can't. You can't? You can't? No, you can't. Okay. Can't yell it out. Okay. Well, you can tell that I don't know the difference between DC and Marvel, but I can tell you I know a good story when I hear one. And your story (laughs) is pretty um, amazing. So, I mean, when you sit back and you probably be like, wow, this is like a dream come true, right? Like you're still, are you still amazed or you're kind of sitting in the the moment now? It's actually sinking in. This is, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole, the whole like, you know, month of November and after like doing the interviews and stuff like that, it was kind of like, just like really didn't hit me yet, you know, but the book's out now and you know, it's, it's sold so well and just people, you know, responded so positively to it that, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely like, um, it's all sunk in and I'm, you know, very comfortable and 
I'm just like focusing on what I've got to focus on now and like that was awesome and like but I don't want it to be a, pl- a peak or a platform so I'm yeah. definitely just going to keep working you're gonna hard you're going to keep moving forward yeah, you know what I mean can't can't rest on you know on that achievement alone so no totally you have yeah. to keep going right yeah. so why are you set on s- sharing your story um we have been trying to connect with you for a bit but why is it important for you to share your story um i guess it's just to get it out there i feel like a lot of um you know younger people can relate to maybe my struggle and like you know um hopefully seeing that like you know reaching marvel and all these other companies i've been fortunate enough to work with that um you know they get inspired to do too because i just really do feel like you know like i'm not i'm not like i said there's nothing special they can do too yeah if you if you got a path that you want to follow you can get there you know there's going to be barriers of course but it's all about knowing how to hurdle those barriers and um you know finding success after failure because failure failure will come um, and I just, I don't know. I just, I just knew that if I shared my story and what I've gone through, how I got here, the fact that like literally five years ago, it's sleeping out the back of Grammy Q in here. Um, you know, like, and now I'm here, I've got my own house, mm. you know what I mean? I'm living exactly the life that I've always wanted and I'm doing what you love. Exactly. You know, day in, day out. Like, I'm, I'm not like, I don't go out very much. Even when this pandemic hit, I know a lot of people like to joke <laughs> about that, but like nothing really changed for me. Me you neither. Know I mean? Like, you're right. <laughs> nothing, nothing much changed. And like, you know, I'm like kind of like a germaphobe. So I'd come home and immediately wash my hands anyways. Would try not to touch anything anyways. Right. And so like, it's it just was validating like, all those phobias, <laughs> isn't it? It's just like a little <laughs> bit depressing when I was just like, man, like nothing changed. I'm staying inside anyways. <laughs> So you're set on uh, sharing your story to inspire others, really. Do you have Hopefully. a message to, um, you know, the Marvels and the DCs and the other giants out there about representation, why it's important? Um, you know, and I think, you know, in terms of the superhero world, there's a lot of conversation about identity. And it's easy to go into that fantasy world. But really, that narrative is really um, applicable to our real lives. Yeah, I think so. And it's funny that you say, you know, like identities, like because most superheroes have a secret identity, right? Absolutely. And um, they're hiding it. Yeah, exactly. And you, <laughs> and here we are. We want to expose it and really get it out there. But yeah, all jokes aside, it's like, of course, like it's it's for me, like I can't really say too much to Marvel um, because they're doing it. They're, yeah. you know, they're I feel like in comic books, they're leading that charge. Absolutely. Keep yeah, doing it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And like, you know. Marvel's owned by Disney, and Disney is one of the biggest companies in the world, if not the biggest. Um, so for them to be thoughtful about this and, um, you know, put an effort in to give us a platform, you know, I, I'm i a Marvel boy anyways, and I grew up loving Marvel, but, like, I love them even more for that, you know what I mean? And to give me that opportunity, you know, who who knows if I ever would have got to Marvel if it wasn't through this path, you know what I mean? I decided a couple of years ago to leave mainstream comics because it was so frustrating. I was sick of losing my security and stability through this dedication to companies that don't care. You know, I had signed contracts with these companies and they wouldn't honor them and they didn't care about it at all. And I would tell them, you know, like, I'm about to lose my home. What does that mean to you? Because, like, I did the work. Where is my pay? Wow. And you know what I was told? Oh, sorry. I didn't know your position. And you know why? It's because comic books is mostly dominated by white males. 
and you know I didn't realize this but like when I started to get to know other comic book creators at comic cons it's like these guys like somebody told me like oh yeah we're here in Calgary because uh you know you know my girlfriend's parents they own five houses here so we're just gonna take some time off from Vancouver because my grandmother gave me a house in Vancouver and yeah yeah right you know and I was like wow like that must be nice like and at that point you know I was like about to lose my house and my apartment you know what I mean and I was just like geez man, like that must be nice to not have to sweat at all you know about those things and so you know when I left mainstream I was like that's enough of this like I'm gonna focus on indigenous content I see this upward trend you know, I always like to use this uh, analogy that Wayne Gretzky's dad uses, like, don't go to where the puck is. Go to where the puck's going to be. You know mm, what I mean? I and like, like I, I, I was so sick of chasing publishers and, like, trying to, like, you know, hat in hand and beg convince for them. Yeah, right? I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this indigenous content stuff, and I'm going to wait until Marvel comes to me. And I thought that would take maybe five or ten years, but it took a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And you said, I'm committed to this because it means Absolutely. something to me. Yep. And you stuck to your guns. Mm-hmm. And here you are. Yep. So is all your content um, Indigenous-based um, or um, whatever? It yeah. Dep- yeah, for the past two years, it's absolutely been just mostly, like, uh, maybe like, you know, a commission here or there. But yeah, mostly it's like, you know, just gigs doing like animation, working with Indigenous um, you know, organizations or indigenous creators. That's great. Um, yeah, it's been you know, I work, joy. I do a lot of social advocacy and I, I quote this woman and I'm going to say her name, Christy. She talks about, um, she works with Bent Arrow here in Edmonton um, and she talks about, you know, struggles of, of indigenous people um, and that's a story we hear of often and that's okay, it's part of it, but it doesn't define indigenous peoples um in fact we should hear about all the rich culture mm-hmm. all the beautiful success and myself and i think we talked about this when i was younger um i grew up on a first nation so i had a metis grandmother who made mukluks and beautiful parkas and bless her heart she's passed on and she was an amazing woman and taught me the way of the world and and she was lovely and she got the order of canada so i grew up and yeah oh, wow. no she was a big deal Kyle. Jeez, wow. um and she is a big deal even today and um so it's a beautiful culture and i think we need to celebrate that and i'm so proud of you and i'm um thank you uh for sharing your story with me and uh sharing it with other people and i think there's a lot of youth out there that need some inspiration and um this is this is a bright light so thank you oh thank you and congratulations i really enjoyed our conversation that seems like a great spot to stop uh thank you so much representation we have talked about that a lot in this interview it matters it allows us um, to hear and to listen to people who have shared experiences, lived experiences in a world. Uh, it gives perspective and it's authentic. And also it shares stories about culture that's not always mainstream. Thank you, Kyle, for joining me and for sharing your story with me. I encourage the rest of you who are listening to follow the stories that my team will be sharing. Often we hear stories in the news and snippets here and there, and this platform gives us a chance to dig a little deeper. It's an honor to tell stories and to do what you love to do, and it's an honor to meet amazing people in the community with spectacular stories to share. Uh, Kyle, you want to say one last goodbye to our, our listeners? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Serena, and you know, just uh, thanks to all the listeners, and we hope to uh, talk to you guys soon again. Absolutely. I hope that phone is going to ring soon. He has a big deal. We can't talk about it. I hope it rings for you very soon. Thank you to my team for all the work that you do. And thank you all for listening to Untold Stories with Serena Ma.